0: A congressman from the Deep South is now Speaker of the House. All of Alabama's Republican congressional leaders voted for Mike Johnson of Louisiana to become the next speaker. Johnson won the nomination within the closed-door meeting of the Republican conference first, and then as a unanimous vote on the House floor on Wednesday. Congressman Barry Moore has served with Johnson on the House Judiciary Committee and calls Johnson a man of faith and conviction Congressman Dale Strong of Huntsville says Johnson is a fighter who will do what is best for national security as well as the men and women in the U.S. military. Other House members from Alabama had similar praise for Johnson and expressed an eagerness for the U.S. House to get back to work for conservative principles and causes. Two special election runoff races in the Birmingham and Jefferson County area have announced winners in case you missed that. House District 16 covers part of Fayette, Tuscaloosa, and Jefferson counties. Brian Brynyark defeated Brad Cox in that race. The seat was vacated earlier this year by Kyle South, who is now the CEO of the West Alabama Chamber of Commerce. And in Birmingham, Travis Hendricks received a vote total of over 2,300 votes in his race against Sylvia Swain, who garnered over 1,200 Hendricks told the voters that he is thrilled to be their representative and will do so with passion and dedication. Swain sought to be the first transgender to hold a seat within the Alabama House and received tens of thousands of dollars in out-of-state donations from LGBTQ organizations. A Montgomery County Circuit judge dismisses the lawsuit brought by Birmingham Southern College against the Alabama State Treasurer, Young Boozer. The lawsuit was in regards to Boozer not approving a $30 million loan from a newly created loan program. Boozer argued to the court that his state office is protected by sovereign immunity and that he was given discretion by the state legislature to approve or deny a loan application. Boozer denied the loan to Birmingham Southern after reviewing the application and determining that the college cannot provide the state a first security interest in its collateral assets and did not adequately provide a repayment plan for the loan with its financial restructuring. Boozer has also rejected a loan application coming in from Selma University, saying that both institutions did not meet the required statutory minimum criteria. The president of Birmingham Southern, Daniel Coleman, says he's disappointed with this ruling and the school is exploring other options, including even an appeal to the Alabama Supreme Court. The Alabama-based Foundation for Moral Law is sharing in a victory with parents in Iowa who sought to stop a school policy going forward that requires staff and students to use preferred pronouns of others. The policy also allowed for students to choose their gender pronouns and for parents to not be notified. Staff or students would face discipline, expulsion, or firing for not complying with this policy. The Eighth Circuit Court of Appeals ruled in favor of a group called Parents Defending Education, as well as the Foundation for Moral Law, and against the Linmar Community School District. The Eighth Circuit Court determined that such a policy could be used to prohibit any speech that is critical of transgenderism. The senior counsel for the Foundation for Moral Law, John Idesmo, says that students can identify however they want but they cannot require others to agree. 1890 News got a shout out from national conservative commentator Dan Bongino, who helped produce the recently released Denise de Souza documentary called Police State that came out this week in select theaters across the nation. The film details the encroachment of the US government on the rights and freedoms of Americans. At the end of the movie, the national anthem is played. And 1819 news reporter Erica Thomas was at a Daphne theater when all those within the theater stood up and sung the national anthem. This was brought to the attention of Bongino, who mentioned it in his latest show. We did not plan this, but this has been happening in just about every theater across the country. Here's a quick uh, clip from Daphne, Alabama. 1819 wrote about it. We'll throw it in the show notes. People were standing up at the end of the movie, hands over their hearts, singing the national anthem at the ending. I'll give you a quick piece of what happened in Daphne. For more in-depth stories affecting the state of Alabama, go to 1819news.com. In national news... Well the house has a new speaker and there's absolute vindication for Florida Congressman Matt Gates. Gates is the firebrand who started the whole ball rolling to oust Kevin McCarthy as speaker of the house just 3 weeks ago. As a result, Gates was often excoriated by other Republicans for doing so. Well, as of Wednesday afternoon, Louisiana Congressman Mike Johnson has been voted in as a Speaker of the House with a unanimous vote on the Republican side. What makes this ouster of McCarthy so significant is when Gates describes what went on behind the scenes during all of the negotiations that were occurring in the Republican conference behind closed doors as they tried to unify behind a leader. Gates went on Steve Bannon's War Room on Real America's Voice to reveal quite literally that the devil is in the details and that McCarthy was working behind Behind the scenes, despite his open endorsements of Jim Jordan, to weaponize the process and sabotage anyone other than himself from getting full support and votes of Republicans. Here's Gates.
1: So, as Emma is withdrawing, Mark Molinaro, a moderate New York freshman Republican, stands up at the microphone and says, Well, instead of restarting this process and having a candidate forum and sending everybody home for a good cry, Let's just take a non-binding poll on where people would be on the person who came in second to Tom Emmer. And that was Mike Johnson. And Elise Stefanik said, well, that's against the rules. The the rules don't contemplate it. We can't do that. And brilliantly, Mark Molinaro says, then I move for unanimous consent that the rules be waived and we take a poll on whether or not Mike Johnson uh, could be our speaker nominee. And guess who objects to that unanimous consent request? Kevin McCarthy. Who was that? Kevin McCarthy stands up oh, and come erupts on. and says, I object to doing a roll call on Mike Johnson. And Mike Johnson was exasperated. All the times Johnson had voted for McCarthy, had carried his water, maybe even voted for some bills he didn't like because he, w- he was working toward the Republican conferences, stated objectives under McCarthy. And, and here was the thing. It showed everyone that it was actually McCarthy who was working to knife Scalise. It was actually McCarthy who was working to knife Jim Jordan. It was McCarthy working to knife everyone. And he hadn't yet figured out a way to knife Mike Johnson. And so he was worried that there was going to be this great unifying moment. And he scuttled the unifying moment. So because of McCarthy's objection, we had to have this three-hour delay. And, you know, candidates announce again, have another forum. And guess what happens during that delay, Steve? Patrick McHenry runs to the House floor... Opens it up out of recess and then adjourns till noon today. Now why did he do that? Because they were setting up a play to block Mike Johnson with write-in votes in the intra-conference process for Kevin McCarthy. They were promising people hearings on their favorite legislation, passage of bills. I heard people promised, oh maybe you'll get a, a chairmanship. And and the play was for McCarthy to return as speaker, and then Jim Jordan to be the deputy speaker in some sort of like Dwight Schrute assistant to the regional manager posture. And that would have been debasing to Jordan, someone I like a great deal, and it would have been empowering to McCarthy. So Garrett Graves and all these people are working to try to effectuate this return of McCarthy, and they're telling us there are going to be 100 votes for McCarthy on the right end. You know how many there were? 33 on the first write-in. So they flame out terribly. Mike Johnson's gaining momentum. Ultimately, my, uh, McCarthy gets 43 to vote for him on a secret ballot, but Mike Johnson gets a majority. And then he says, you know what I want? I want a roll call vote. So that those 43 would have to announce themselves as, as being for a candidate who wasn't even running instead of a unifying force like Mike Johnson. And when we called for the roll call, do you know how many people voted for Kevin McCarthy? Zero.
0: And Gates had nothing but high praise for Mike Johnson as a conservative constitutional lawyer. And he says it's putting the rhinos and the D.C. swamp on their heels. Donald Trump also praised Mike Johnson as an excellent pick for House Speaker. Speaking of Trump, he was in a New York courtroom on the same day when all of this was happening in the U.S. House. Trump was ordered to pay a $10,000 fine on top of a previous $5,000 fine for remarks that he made to the press that the judge in this case deemed to be a violation of the gag order. During a break in the trial on Wednesday... Trump went and spoke to the press again, calling his former lawyer Michael Cohen a discredited witness and consummate liar and calling the judge, Arthur Engeron, a partisan judge. Forty-two states have launched a lawsuit against Meta, the parent company of Facebook and Instagram, for creating a social media platform that harms the mental health of young people. The lawsuit accuses Meta of collecting data on users under the age of 13 without parental consent, as well as creating enticing, addictive and exploitive material for children and teenagers. In their defense, Meta says that they have introduced 30 different tools to support teens and families, and they also said it's disappointing that the attorneys general are not working productively with the company to improve the standards, but have gone a legal path. Notably absent from this lawsuit is the app TikTok, which is also just as addictive to young people, but is owned by a Chinese company with direct ties to the Chinese communist government. Well, we heard from KGB defector Yuri Bezeminov in earlier reports this week about the longest first stage of psychological warfare that has been advanced by Marxist socialists against democratic republics like the U.S. That first stage takes about 20 years because it's a matter of reprogramming and propagandizing the children and teens of the next generation. Bezeminov is now going to address the next two stages of ideological subversion to journalist Edward Griffin now, keep in mind that Bezeminov was detailing all of what he saw in U.S. culture at the time, which was in 1985.
2: The next stage is destabilization. And it takes only from two to five years to destabilize a nation. Uh, it's what, what matters is essentials. Economy, foreign relations, defense systems. Uh, and you can see it quite clearly that in some areas... Uh, to promise people all kind of goodies and the paradise on earth uh, to, to destabilize your uh, economy to eliminate the principle of free market competition and to put a big brother government in Washington DC with the benevolent dictators like Walter Mondale who will promise lots of things, never mind whether the promises are fulfillable or not. Most of the American politicians, media and educational system trains another generation of people who think they are living at a peacetime. False. The United States is in a state of war. Undeclared total war against the basic principles and the foundations of, of this system. And and the initiator of this war is not Comrade Andropov, of course. Uh, it's, it's the system However ridiculous it may sound, the world communist system, or the world communist conspiracy, whether I scare some people or not, I don't give a hood. Uh, if, if you are not scared by now, nothing can scare you. But you don't have to be paranoid about it. What, what actually happens now, that unlike myself, you have literally several years to live on, unless the United States wake up. The the time bomb is ticking with every second the disaster is coming closer and closer. Unlike myself, you will have nowhere to defect to unless you want to live in Antarctica with penguins. This is it. This is the last country of freedom and and possibility.
0: We will have the final part of this discussion with Bizeminov on Friday's episode. You're listening to The Daily Detail from 1819 News. If you are enjoying the Daily Detail and want to make sure that these reports come up easily on your smartphone, then be sure to hit the subscribe or follow button on whatever podcasting app you are using. It's usually on the main page of the Daily Detail. That could be on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Podbeam, or some other app. And also be sure to visit 1819 News for more reliable, up-to-date information on what's going on around here in Alabama. You can also join 1819 News by becoming a member, which will get you exclusive content as well as 1819 merchandise. You can visit 1819news.com backslash membership to learn more. I'm Andrea Tice. I'll be back again tomorrow. I look forward to updating you guys. Alabama.
1: Alabama. Our great state. Alabama. Of Alabama.
0: This has been The Daily Detail. For more up-to-date news, go to 1819news.com, where you'll find honest news and Alabama values.